Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Deep End Podcast special edition. My name is Tim. I'm the host here every week with you at 12 noon on Wednesday, Facebook Live. Welcome, Facebookers and all those listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoy this time together. We have got a special interview this week. We're taking a break from our first Corinthian study. We're going to interview Jim Shackleton, Steve Fiella, our campus pastors who are launching our two campuses in two Sundays. So with that in mind, I want to let you know, first off, a couple of things that you can be a part of for the next few, two weeks, actually. Uh, number one, tonight, first Sends Day. We're sending these, these ministry teams out to Milford, to Woonsocket, to change the culture, to change the city, to bring joy to those cities. Make sure you come out tonight. Don't forget, get a babysitter. There is no child ministry for those under the age of 10. So bring your teens, bring everybody else that you can. Don't miss it. It's perfect get to church weather tonight. Come on, it's raining. There's nothing else to do. Come and see what we're going to do tonight. We're also installing a new elder and uh, so excited about that. So you want to be a part of that tonight. Prayer at 6 p.m., but you can come anytime after that. The worship starts at 7 and then 7.30, the word. And I got a special message for our campus launch teams and for our church and about the vision and direction of our church going forward. You do not want to miss it. This weekend is going to be exciting at Waters Church as well. Friends, we got seven people getting baptized this weekend. Hey, by the way, did you know 34 people came to Christ last weekend? So this is amazing. 34 people came to Christ this past weekend. Seven people got are getting baptized this weekend. Every month, life change happens here. It's amazing to see that happen. If you were one of the people that came to Christ this past weekend, the next step is baptism. Don't, don't let your emotions talk you in or out of this. Just know, if you receive Christ, the next step, biblically speaking, is to get baptized. We'd love to see that happen for you. Baptism class is every first Saturday of the month. But this Wednesday, this weekend, we are going to celebrate those seven new baptism candidates going through the waters. Growth Track also starts October 1st at 1130. Growth Track is where you get to find out about Waters Church, who we are, what we do, what we believe, how you can get involved. It's a three-week class, and it starts every first Sunday of the month. So October 1st at 1130. We would love you to be there and uh, be a part of what's going on here at Waters Church. So I'm so excited about the life of our church. I'm so excited about the future of our church. These are great days. Friends, let me say that again. These are incredible days here in New England. New England is, I believe, coming alive again to the gospel, to the power of Jesus. And we are one of many churches who are helping make that happen, and we're so excited to be a part of it. I am just looking forward to what an amazing thing we are going to experience with God in these upcoming years and decades. And you, yes, you can be a part of that. So, in a few moments, we'll be right back with our interview. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, oh, wait, before I say that, <laughs> it is pre-recorded. So if this sounds like we were uh, re referencing First Sends Day um, in the future, that's because it was pre-recorded a couple weeks ago. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy it. Please stay with us and enjoy hearing about the story of Jim and Steve uh, in this whole venture of planting these campuses. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Deep End. The Deep End Podcast. Welcome to the Deep End Podcast, brought to you by Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. The Deep End is where we go deeper in the scriptures to empower our walk with God. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we're glad you joined us, and we encourage you to be a part of the conversation in the comments below. 
If you're listening in on SoundCloud or your podcast app, be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go live to Pastor Tim Hatch as we get started with today's podcast. This is The Deep End. Okay, everybody, welcome in to the special interview segment with some special guests. We have with us the two campus pastors of our new campuses, Steve Fiella and Jim Shackleton. These two guys are taking a huge step of faith with their wives and young families, and they're going to launch two campuses of Waters Church, North Attleboro. This is exciting. Also off camera, you won't see him, but you'll hear him, is the wonderful executive pastor, Shane Parsons. We're so glad to have him with us too. He'll be answering questions as needed. But we are going to talk with these guys because they are my heroes. (laughs) They're my heroes because... Planting a church is hard. It is hard work. It has been called the extreme sport of church ministry. So if you were into extreme sports like bungee jumping or parachuting or, I don't know, skiing backwards, whatever it is, if you were into extreme sports, the extreme sport of church ministry is planting a church. You're stepping into a community that doesn't even know you exist. You have very little money, uh, and you're expecting people to show up when you start holding services. This is very... Nerve-wracking, but at the same time, it has wonderful potential to change a community. I think about Waters Church North Attleboro and how much and how many people have been changed through the ministry of the people here at Waters Church North Attleboro, and I just think about how many people are going to be changed in Woonsocket and Milford, and I'm excited about the future. Let's welcome them in, Jim, Steve, and Shane. Just say hello, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone watching. (laughs) Hey, everybody. How are you? And hey. Shane. How are you doing? Hi, Shane. Hello. So we want to spend these next 20 minutes or so asking you guys your story, asking you about, you know, what possessed you to do this? <laughs> you know, where <laughs> are you at? Possessed. Yeah, what, where, where were you at? Where are you at in the um, process? Uh, I want to just, before we get to the questions, just talk about a little bit from my end, the process of getting you guys to this point where you're starting these churches. Really, and I keep saying this to the teams, and you guys know this as well, this started in May of 2016, first Wednesday night. Something powerful happened on that first Wednesday. Can't really totally quantify it, but we just had such a powerful moment at the altar. The The move of God was real and sincere, uh, and 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 strong and the I just uh, the theme of that moment was just go just go get out of your comfort zone and go to the people who need to hear about Jesus and so I would love to take credit for the fact that I inspired you so boldly to take these steps of faith but I think you know it is always obvious that it's the Lord and the Holy Spirit that starts these works in the church and I was just thinking about Acts thirteen where it talks about how the church in Antioch uh, was worshiping uh, the Lord, fasting, and then it says this, that the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, who's also called Paul, for the work to which I have called them. And after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And I just love the fact that 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 church planting movement of Barnabas and Saul going throughout the Roman Empire, all the major cities, was started because of fasting and prayer. And it was really what happened for us. You guys remember that? Yeah, I, the first Wednesday I remember it. It was, I, and I don't remember much, but I do remember that it was powerful. It was powerful. It was real powerful. And and I still, I think you have key members of your team that still talk about that. We have <laughs> we have members 
of our team that are members of our team because of that. Yeah. That mm-hmm. day specifically. It was yes. amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, you think about like First Wednesday, if you've never come to First Wednesday, you should come because you know, we don't know what is going to happen. The Holy Spirit just moves powerful. Something about that night, uh, every week, every month, I'm sorry, but particularly that year and that month, it was something else. So that's how we got here, guys. Uh, it is not, you know, this is not, and, and the point that I'm trying to make podcast listeners, Facebook Live people, listen, this is not happening because we thought it would be really cool to have campuses and many churches because a lot of churches are doing it. And yeah, it does sound cool. But when you, when the rubber hits the road and you start making these plans, this is hard work. And this is a lot of prayer and a lot of energy and a lot of things on your plate that, uh, that take time out of your regular schedules, your free time, your family time. And, uh, so this moment is happening because of the Holy spirit. And how cool is that? Yeah. Amen. You know, so, I want to talk about you guys, and I want to talk about these churches. Um, first, I'd like the people to get to know you guys. And for anybody who doesn't know who you guys are and hasn't heard of you, um, tell us your story. Tell us maybe about, you know, what was it the moment where you really gave your life to Christ, or how'd you come to Christ? And and then just about the, the if you can give us the, the, the uh, cliff notes of how you got to this point. Steve, we'll start with you, yeah. pastor of our Milford campus. Sure. Um, so... I guess I'll start with the, how I ended up in Massachusetts to begin with. It was because I went to college in Boston, um, got my degree there. My I, I grew up in Connecticut um, and ended up going to college in Boston, got a degree out there in the uh, computer science field mm. and just kind of stuck with that. And I had actually gone to high school with Chelsea. We were high school sweethearts. High school sweethearts, yep. nice. However, we both grew up uh, non-believers. I was raised in a Catholic household, sort of, um, just kind of going through the motions and until I could make decisions for myself. And then after that, I moved on with my own life. And Chelsea was also just kind of atheist, non-believer, didn't really give God a thought at all. Not raised in a Christian home. Neither of us. Wow. By any means. That's awesome. And um, even now, um, I would say 95% of our family are non-believers. Mm. Um, so... We were high school sweethearts, but we had we were both non-believers, both living a non-believer, sinful lifestyle together, and we ended up breaking up. Um, just kind of, yeah, very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of, a, but honestly, looking back on it now is an amazing story because we we kind of split up, both being like, uh, you know, I'm just not feeling the the fire anymore. I'm not sure what's going on. We've been together three years, but we're just going our separate ways. And we wanted different things out of life at the time. And then during that time of the year of being apart was the time that Chelsea was invited to church by someone and ultimately gave her life to Christ. Invited by someone. What we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And she even said no several times. Yeah. But the guy who was asking her was like a cute uh, Abercrombie guy. Yeah, oh, so. was he? <laughs> <laughs> so every time she tells a story, I, my fist clench. And, <laughs> Um, no, but that was the, that was the time. And it was almost like an an exact point where God wanted to, to bring us or at least bring her to him self at a point where she was no longer worshiping me or idolizing me. And Mm. so when we split up, that idol was kind of broken down and she went towards God Mm. and, and received Christ as her savior and then came and wanted to talk to me about it. And I've told the story, uh, I think maybe from 
the pulpit once or twice just about how I didn't want to have anything to do with her. I was a non-believer and I was really bitter towards her because of how things had gone. But ultimately, long story short, at college, I was laying in bed, successful, straight A student in college and laying there in my dorm with a feeling of emptiness, with a feeling of dissatisfaction, purposelessness with my life and just kind of cried out to something. I didn't even know. I didn't say God. I didn't say Jesus. I just was mm. like, what am I missing? Yeah. You know? And I know in that moment is when God changed my heart. I didn't know it the next morning, like, oh, Jesus is alive. That wasn't my thought. But I knew at that moment, God had captured my heart and changed the direction of my life just from me crying out with a mustard seed of faith, yeah. not even, right? And from that point, I went and had talked to Chels. We got back together. She invited me to church. I went to church partly because I just wanted to be with her at the time. And again, God captured my heart in that moment. It was one moment sitting at church in Connecticut and she, uh, the pastor had offered an opportunity to come for communion, but he offered the opportunity to be, to receive Christ first. And that was just the moment where kind of like, I, I believed in Jesus. I almost like hand raising moment without even realizing what was happening. Mm. The spirit moved me, changed me. And in that moment, I knew that I believed that Jesus was my Lord and savior. Wow. And from that point forward, God has just drawn me and pulled me and propelled me. So that's how we ended up in Massachusetts. We got married a couple years later. Now we live in Massachusetts. We Googled and found Waters Church mm. back in 2000, end of 2010, I think, to the beginning of 2011, when it was like 500 people at the previous location. And um, the rest has just been nothing I could ever expect or dream of or plan for. It's just been God moving me and challenging me uh, and my family. And God what? moved you onto that worship team against your will. Yeah, God <laughs> and my wife worked together. Right? Yeah, God and your wife. Yeah. And that's like testimony again. It is a move of God upon our lives in which he brings us where he wants us to be. And, you know, we cannot take credit for it. It is God's work on our lives. So, Jim, the story of your life. You are from Chicago. I'm from the lovely city the of windy Chicago. City. The windy, lovely city of Chicago. White Sox fan, even though I grew up on the north side. Uh-oh. Mm. Yes. No, this is a Cubs fan. Boo. Uh, so there's that awkward tension. Yeah. Well, baseball season's almost over, so that yeah. should come Well, it always is for us. There we so go. whatever. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, it's for last year, for her. Well, I mean. The Cubbies. I, yeah, the goat or whatever, you know, finally. The goat is them. dead. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> whatever that is, whatever that. They've been waiting. Myth. It's always been next year for too many years, and now it's finally yeah. their year. So uh, born and raised outside of Chicago, both her and I, uh, northwest suburbs. And, you know, raised in a, in a Christian home that supported church, supported, you know, going to church and, and those uh, things. Um, I came from more of a broken home than she did. And let's see here. So went to church. It was actually a youth church I was part of in, in Chicago there. And that's really where it hit home for me. Somebody invited me again, uh, said, hey, Jim, you should come. Uh, and it was at that time, I, I think I was in maybe seventh or eighth grade. And that's where the, the target was. So it was kind of like the Elevate Age, uh, having a special night every week that we would just have church, just us, loud music, smoke, nothing new that, that we see on, on right. Sundays here. But it was loud music, you know, speakers catching on fire because things are bad and all that jazz. So it was, yeah. it was awesome. But that's really where the connection with, you know, the Holy Spirit and with God and understanding Jesus and what he did. And uh, it was a long process for me because I'm kind of 
uh, slow and thick-headed, if you will. Mm. Uh, so uh, that's really where, where things got real for me. And really, junior year of high school, um, that's really when the connection uh, was more personal with with me and Jesus. It was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of it was, you know, learning about Jesus, being told about Jesus, being told about the Holy Spirit, being told about God and, you know, do this. And it was fun to be with my friends there, but really it became super personal. Um, actually the summer before my senior year of high school. Uh, and that's that's really when things started kicking off there. And then Neldis had, had been a part of that church there too. Um, we started, we were friends for a couple of years before uh, dating and then engaged and now married. And um, God's hand has just been through through my life for so long and through her so long for so long and and between the both of us. Um, so I went to school down in Southern Illinois, got a degree, um, been working in the automotive industry since uh, 2008, I believe. Yeah, 2008. Um, so my my degree brought us to Michigan. That's where where we were for four years ish. Came and then my my job brought us out here to the, uh, New England. And keeps us here, yeah. so uh, it's really good and really what you know. Even though I was I was you know grew up in the church, I was familiar with church. I knew about Jesus. Things got personal with me and him, uh, me and Jesus. You know, junior year of high school. I, I got to tell you the truth. You know, in community college and and stuff, uh, it just it went downhill fast. Mm. Uh, just the the relationship with me and Jesus just deteriorated. It was mm. I got real bitter. I got real angry. I got real you know nasty. All this other garbage. Um, and that's what I brought here to New England five years ago when we moved here. Mm. Uh, so when, what brought us to Waters Church was my wife. She was uh, Facebook or something, some ad on the side, and said, yeah, we'll check it out. Um, and and I've, I'm pretty sure you've heard this. If it's the first time, Tim, sorry. But uh, first time we came here, just hated it. Yeah. Just hated no, you it. did tell me that. Yeah. Uh, but it was nothing to do with the people. It was nothing to do with the ambiance or the, or the message or anything. It was just where I was and how deteriorated and nasty my relationship was with God. Yeah. Um, and just... We came here, said, no, we don't like it, and we, we didn't come. Mm. And that was like July-ish. And then we thought, well, we'll be good Christians. We'll go back for the holidays, Christmas. <laughs> uh, so that brought us back, and nothing changed here. The, pe- the same people were still up there. Steve, uh, mm. I called him a meathead first yeah. uh, time I saw him. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, you know, same people up on stage, same message, same you, all that. The only thing that had changed was, was God just piercing my heart and mm-hmm. being like, this is where you got to be. And I didn't know why. I didn't. It, I tell the team this all the time, going to Woonsocket, if I knew five years ago that God would have me be doing what we're doing now, I would have said some foul language and said, I'm not going out there. Yeah. And it's just being a raw and honest. That's the impact that God has had in my life and Neldis's life the whole time we're out here. And uh, yeah. Powerful. That brings us here. So th- the lesson is thank God for godly wives. Yes. Yeah, true that. I mean, yes. seriously, yeah. this is an amazing story. Yeah. Uh, both of them are amazing stories of, of how your wife can be used by God. And I think about, you know, the story of Moses. When, when we read about Moses in Exodus chapters 1 and 2, um, and everybody that moves Moses along to the place where he's God's deliverer is a woman. You know, the two midwives who are not going to respect Pharaoh's edict to throw the kids into the river. And then uh, his mother who makes the little basket for him. And then his sister who watches over him. And then Pharaoh's daughter who picks him out of the water. And all these, all these women are integral 
to setting this man up to be God's deliverer. And it's just amazing how that's kind of like the story of both yeah. of you. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, the, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but Moses ended up pastoring 600,000 people. So Dibs on this, that first. This sounds like, <laughs> this sounds very positive. As if Tim doesn't fire Biblical. you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being fired, um, <laughs> the, the facts that I want, I want people to know this, these guys are doing these campuses voluntarily. This is not paid position. These, these guys were... Uh, we entrusted these guys to these campuses when the Holy Spirit moved upon them to um, to embark on this uh, because we saw that they had their lives together, their wives, their families, their homes under order, well-run, uh, diligent in their matters of faith, diligent in their matters of relationships with their spouses and children, and then diligent in their matters of professional their professional lives. So these guys have jobs, they work hard, and they're not getting paid for this, which is uh, you know, a miracle. Um, someday, hopefully, uh, we'll see. And the things that I really see um, in you guys are those abilities to empower others to do the work of the ministry. That's what a pastor does. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, that the pastor is given to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. A lot of, church, a lot of churches never get this. They expect the pastor to be hired to do all the work. Go visit everybody, go do everything, go say everything, go marry everybody, bury everybody, bless everybody's baby, everybody's new house, run like a wild person throughout our little community of about 100 people because that's a, a, essentially what a one person can do. And the church never grows. People never develop, never grow themselves personally, spiritually, ministry-wise. And part of not being paid is going to give you guys the ability to be accountable to that. You've got to empower others to do the work of the ministry. Yeah. And uh, so speak to that. Uh, we'll start with you, Jim. Like speak to the, uh, the the process of raising up these volunteers, empowering them. How's that going? How's the team feeling? You know, we are just a few weeks away from the launch. So speak to that. Um, Easy, right? Yeah. I'm just, no say, problem. Hey, nothing. Done. <laughs> it's good. Next question. <laughs> um, it's been a, a long work. It's totally worth it. That is uh, mind-boggling, both good and bad, in, in good and bad ways. But you know, we come to this point through whatever's been difficult, whatever's been good, to to say that it's been a good process. Mm. Um, the team is, you know, to my surprise, everybody that's talking to me, they're, you know, we just want to be in the building and do this already. Yeah, because we've been meeting, you know, for almost a year already, every month. I know. And prayer walks twice yeah. a month, and you know, emails up the wazoo and yada yada so everybody's like okay enough like enough of this i just want to go do it go unpack boxes go unpack the trailer go go do it yeah so, i've heard that from some some of your team yeah, members wow yep right so and that's the most encouraging part because I, I that's the goal in raising up people to to explain the why behind the what mm. in such a fashion that they uh self uh, initiate wanting to go do what we're supposed to go do because that's that's what truly empowering people to do stuff that's in my opinion like that's the result that uh shows that you've done it correctly or that you know god's behind what you're doing i tell the team this all the time that if you know i, I trust and rely on god to to equip me to do what i'm supposed to be doing uh and leading the team and all of that because if it was in my own strength everybody would be yeah. all jacked up yeah and this would not be happening right so Overall, it's good. Um, and you know, there might be people listening that say a lot. That's their number one excuse for why they don't ever get involved, involved in church. They don't ever step out in faith and do something that God has called them to do, whether that be in church or out of church. 
there's never going to be a time, and this is like my life principle too. I just try to live by this principle as often as I can. There's never going to be a time where you totally feel totally ready for whatever God wants you to do. And I think yeah. that's, you know, what you're speaking about right now. You're absolutely right. And it's just like, you know, for those that have kids or, the, you know, which job to take or which person to mm. date or whatever, like you're never fully ready for never. any of that. So just jump, put your arm floaties on, jump in the deep end, and and get jump to it. Jump in the deep end. Yeah. Nice oh, plug. Thank hey. you very much for yeah. that plug right that there. The total, deep end. <laughs> totally intentional too. Very <laughs> good. Wear a snorkel for the rest of the video or something. Well, I mean, Michael over here, our producer, will tell you. I mean, this is this whole podcast and this room and everything else. This was started in a five minute conversation, and two weeks later, it was up and running. <laughs> and uh, you know, I've never done this before. And you just got to step out. You got to do something. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, with God, I think readiness is irrelevant. It is really irrelevant. Mm-hmm. If we're too ready, we could actually undo what God wants to do, because yeah. we'll start trusting our own thought process. That's the the root of readiness, anyway. Ready? Yeah. What would define ready? Ready means I'm prepared to handle something on my own. That's yeah. kind of. And back to that first Wednesday, mm-hmm. the message was on Isaiah six. Yeah. You know, he goes into the temple. And this is fresh off of the heels of Isaiah 5, where Isaiah is saying, Woe to you people, you build house to house. Woe to you people, you call good evil and evil good. Woe to you people, you do awful things at night. Woe to you people. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Six woes in Isaiah 5. The seventh woe is for himself. Woe is me. Because he meets God. He sees God in the temple, high and lifted up, train of his robe, filling the temple, threshold shake. Angels are singing to each other, shouting, holy, holy, holy. So he's like overwhelmed. Woe is me. Then God takes care of his sin. And then the next question is so funny because God takes care of his sin with the coals from the altar. And God's next question is, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah just says, I'm I'm ready. (laughs) I'll go. Uh, That's the process in which God takes people who are nobodies and turns them into powerful tools in his hand for the for the purposes of God. And it's, it's God's MO. And I think we forget that regularly because we're constantly inundated in Western civilization, especially in America. You gotta get the degree, you gotta get the you know master's degree, you gotta have, you know, to get to that college where you can get the degree, you have to have the curri- extracurriculars and the grades and the SATs and all that. Ready, 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 ready. God says, I don't, I don't work with that. I work with people who just say, here I am, send yeah. me. Yeah, willingness. 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 It's a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. So those of you out there, podcast listeners and Facebook livers, listen. Don't wait till you're ready. Just go. Step out in faith. Uh, Shane over here off the screen, I think he would be the first to tell you when we hired him, no church experience, no professional church experience. You know, a lot of churches, they go out there, they try to hire another pastor to be a pastor's associate or whatever. It turns into a disaster because the guy wants to be his own leader and he's got to be the associate. And here's Shane. Uh, He was working for a secular company, doing a great job in the secular company, but steps into the position of executive pastor here in this church. And I remember the fr- one of the first questions that you asked me when we talked about you coming on staff was, what do you want me to do? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> what will what I do? What am I going to do for 40 hours? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like you work like 60 hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe even more. I don't know. But I mean, that you just said yes. Right. And that's it. Say yes. And don't wait to be paid to say to do it. You just do it. And God starts to open up the doors along the way. He has a way of doing that. Um, so what have you guys learned about these communities? Woonsocket, Jim, Milford, Steve, uh, tell us about what are you excited for? And for anybody listening in those areas, 
speak to them. What are you excited about for them to experience through Waters Church in these two towns? Steve, go. Um, I'm excited for the truth and the reality, the radical reality of the gospel to be experienced in another community. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> what I mean by that is um, I think that there's a lot of churches in any community. I mean, the first thing you do when, when you're thinking about planting a church is, well, what about all the other churches in the area? Yeah. You know, don't they have enough? Aren't there enough? Are we going to be stepping on people's toes? Mm. And when you look at a community like Milford, the, demogra- the demographic is very different from Woonsocket, for example. I think it's actually very similar to North Attleboro. There's pro- similar population, mm. 28,000 or so. 40. And, yeah. 40 and, in Woonsocket. Just saying. <laughs> but when you think about it, there's, say there's 14, I think 14 or 15 churches in Milford. Yeah. Even if... Every church in Milford had a thousand people. You're only reaching half the population That's of right. a single town. That's right. Of a single town, never mind uh, however many mile radius of community. So there's there's so many thousands of people there mm. to be reached, and I just I I have this fire burning in my heart, in my mind that God has set and God has kindled and God has kept burning. That I want people to experience the truth of Jesus and the the life-changing reality of the gospel in their lives and not just what people see on TV, what people read in or see on you know, various media outlets. Mm. Um, and the reality is, is that no matter how good a town looks or how bad a town looks, really how good a town looks, yeah. every house has a person with a problem in it. Absolutely. Every single house has a person, has a family, has someone who's not just, I'm not talking about just the town is full of filthy sinners. I'm talking about people with real problems who are going through real things, who are going through divorces, who are going through um, financial crises, mm-hmm. all of those things that the only answer is Jesus Christ. And for us to be able to play a part in that on the front lines, yeah. on the front lines of that, to be able to go out there and actually do what the scriptures teach us and do what Jesus told us to do, yeah. to go and make disciples, to go and love each other as I have loved you. You know, to, to be able to do those things and not just read about them and not just say them and not just talk about them, to actually be, experience those things and be on the front lines will not only be a tremendous blessing to that community and the surrounding community, mm. but it's also going to draw everyone closer to God for God's glory. That's right. And God's going to be glorified in the, the community of Milford. That's good. Absolutely. And it's going to start there and it's going to move quickly. Absolutely. Truly believe it. Amen. Jim, you got to do better than that. Uh, well, <laughs> should have let me go first then. <laughs> Just be like what Steve said. <laughs> yeah. good. Ditto. Ditto. Um, can you repeat the question? <laughs> what are you excited for? The people of Mil- Woonsocket, you know, speak to them. Yeah. Uh, what are you excited about us bringing over there, doing over there? You know, um, to, to be quite honest, I am, I'm excited to just get in there. I'm excited to be, meet more people and the people I have met at, you know, food truck things and restaurants and talking to people and different, you know, organizations we've touched base with, you know, they're, the people are so, uh, I guess the only way I can, can explain it is, you know, what people say about new England people, you know, you're all cold, you're all nasty, you're all like angry yeah. people that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't like friends, you don't like people or anything mm-hmm. breathing, you know? And sometimes I think that, that, uh, it's true. Is, I don't, <laughs> I'm sorry I, don't I had to say, say it. it but, you know, I was raised in New England. I had yeah. to say it. I'm sorry. And I'm glad you did, not me. But what I've learned through <laughs> that is that, well, it might be true, is that, you know, it's just that 
that thin candy shell like an M&M. You crack through it and, you know, we're relational. We're friendly. Yeah, we, we like each it's other. often we a care defense mechanism. Really. Right. Yeah. And I th- that's what I'm excited to not only uh, chisel away at and experience in Woonsocka and see how, how God moves in people's lives through that, um, but I truly believe that there's a, a, a oneness, if you will, a connection, a desire to be relational, a desire for, to see that community uh, be something better just in general not i feel that, it's that bad not that it's horrible it's no just i feel better. that like every community could be better every right. house can be better Absolutely. every person could be better so um what i'm really excited about is to have some fun there too that we're yeah. not all just churchy people that you know crack a whip and you know yeah. bamboo sticks on the knuckles or whatever yeah. like this is we're we're having fun like uh sometime this this friday i think september 8th we're doing movie night free movie night we right. talk it uh, at the middle school field and a little plug right there a little plug Absolutely. for at hamilford yeah at hamlet Ham- well, the building's Hamlet, between, the field between Hamlet and gotcha. Villanova. So yeah. drive that general area, you'll find it. Yeah, you're, you'll me- you're yeah. going to be meeting, too, at, on yeah. Sundays at 1030 at the Hamlet School Building. Yeah, at the Hamlet School Building, exactly. So I'm excited to do things like that. Just have fun with people, you know, yeah. build a relationship that, yeah, it's it's centered and focused on Jesus, but it's like I'm not cramming Jesus down your throat. I just want you to know that we're normal people. And what we have is nothing that we could ever build, nothing that we could ever uh, perfect. But what we have is perfect, and yeah. and it is life changing. So That's good. I'm, I'm super excited. Like all the baptisms we see every weekend here, all the hands going up, all the worship stuff. Like I I hardcore believe that that is uh, going to be powerful in Woonsocket. I just believe it in the core of my bones. Like that's Shane's text me before too. Like I just feel it in my bones is what he says. And that's what I, I believe too. I feel it in my bones. Like God, God isn't doing something now because waters is going there. God has been doing something that's right. in Woonsocket. Yeah. And we just get the honor of being a part of what God is doing. Through, and it just, it's through waters church. That's all. Yeah. Let me speak to that too. I don't want to send the message over there. Woonsocket Milford people that we are coming to save you. That's, <laughs> that's not what we're here to do. We want to bring you together. Uh, if you're interested in coming and tell you about Jesus and let him show his love to you and the power of the gospel to you. And, and, and yeah, I like that, Jim, have fun, have fun. That's good. I Amen. mean, not enough churches have fun. That's what, I mean, yeah, exactly. And then you read the Bible like Moses, you know, sticking a snake and like that's some serious stuff, but it'd, it'd be kind of fun to see that. That would be know? fun to see. <laughs> like, Whoa, hey, that used to be a stick and now it's a snake. Huh, yeah. Interesting. I'd like to see that. Yeah. So would that be, would that be, would that be opening weekend? Uh, possibly. That, that performance? Well, okay. Sticks and snakes. Yeah. No, no snakes. <laughs> no. It was a bad no. reference there to some churches <laughs> with stinks. You know, the other thing that we have to let you know, Waters Church, North Attleboroughers, North Attleboroughers, However you would say that. People who attend Water Church North Attleboro, you need to understand something. The church planting deal, this is like, this is the key to, to bringing Christianity and its influence into New England. If we don't plant churches, people will not be Christian. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the days of the Billy Graham crusade where you would march into town and 40,000 people would get saved and never end up in a church somewhere, by and large. Some did, but many, many, many did not. Those days are not how God is moving today. I thank God for Billy Graham. I, I used to stay up late and watch Billy Graham as a little kid. I mean, he is my hero. But those days are not how God is moving. He is raising up church planters across this nation. Shane and I, we've been to that church conference, uh, church planter conference down in Orlando. You guys went there yeah, in uh, yeah. April, exponential. And, you know, 4,000, 5,000 people every year going to this conference. Right. And this is just one of many church planting conferences around the country, raising up 
young men like yourselves with young families like your own at, to go out and plant churches. It's happening. And Water Church, we're just so privileged to be a part of that, one of many on this team that God is putting together. And it's just so exciting. But I was thinking about this, and Tim Keller shares this in his book. You all know I'm a big Tim Keller fan, but he shares this in his book about uh, church ministry, uh, this, the anecdotal studies or a- anecdotal evidence that proves the more churches you have in a community, the more Christians you have in a community exponentially. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not like if you have one church, you have 500 Christians, and then if you have two churches, you have 1,000 Christians. Is actually it's so it's exponential. It's one church, five hundred Christians; two churches, seven hundred, uh, uh, two thousand Christians. You know, three churches, whatever. Yeah. And he actually boils it down that that the studies have shown that if uh, if you have one church, and just listen to this very carefully, everybody in Woonsocket, and Milford, North Attleboro, listen. This is very important. If you have one church per ten thousand people in a town, you have approximately one percent of the population who will be Christian. If you have just one church per 1,000, so that's 10 more churches, you go from 1% to 20% of the town will be Christian. It's got to happen. We have got to plant churches. We've got to have you give to these churches. (laughs) We've got to raise money for this. We have to spend money to do that. And we've spent a lot of money already that we don't have (laughs) uh, to do these church plants because the call of Christ on New England is huge and we're one of many churches in new england right now they're starting to do this like crazy we got we cannot sit on our hands anymore we cannot be happy about our big buildings and our programs anymore we cannot be um rest on our laurels of oh this is where christianity really got rooted in america we can't re- those laurels are dead they're they're long dead this this area is the most unchurched non-christian minded area in the country we have a job to do and that's why I'm so excited about these two guys going out there. If you have not yet supported them, please go to waterschurch.org slash registry and sponsor one of the items. We need a lot more items paid for, sponsored. I know it's back to school season, but you just got your kids in school. If I if I know my calendar, right? My kids are in school. So uh, start thinking about how you can give. We are still receiving all kinds of donations and it's coming in every week. Thank you so much for those of you who are giving. But this is so important. And if we get those numbers of churches up higher, uh, he has it here. One, if you have one church per five hundred residents, I think about this. Just think about it. if you have one church per five hundred residents, you could get to a, a town having forty percent of the residents being Christian. Mm-hmm. That's wow. how you change a school system. Yeah, yeah. That's how you. That's how you bring more love to an area that needs love. That's how you bring more community to a, to an area, New England, that's known for being cold and, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I wanted to say this too about New England, maybe Jim, you can speak to this, but it seems like for me, being raised in New England and kind of knowing the New England culture and the way, you know, life happens in New England, it's, a, it's an area of the country where you don't really move to, you move from. You've been raised here, your family's here, and then a job takes you somewhere else, or maybe you go for the weather somewhere else, or or whatever. And and it just seems to me that what the 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 bad part of that is, people move here too. But the bad part of that is that you have these really deep embedded family social structures that are very comfortable, and now people don't feel the need to go to that church because I got my social 
circle. I got my community. It's in my family. My grandmother's down the street. My grandfather's up the road, blah, 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 blah. And so there's no sense of need. You go to these areas where people are moving to, there's a huge sense of need for churches. But here's what's happening in New England now. The, a lot of people are moving away. A lot of new people are still moving in, such as yourself, Jim, because right. of jobs, because of the, the way that the world is now, the United States, is you just don't stay where you are. It's very rare where you, for you to stay where you were born. And so this need is huge. I think especially you were speaking about this with Woonsocket to create that community. Right, right. And there, there's already, you know, there's community there too, and it's good and it's, it's thriving. Um, I'm just excited to see that grow. To see that expand out, like you said, you know, the more churches, the more that the 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 longer the tentacles grow, if you will. Yeah, and that's what I'm excited to see it happen here. But you're right with New England, and it's not just New England; it's more like even the the cities and the small towns mm. in New England. It's either you know born and raised, born and raised, or peace out. I'm I'm going somewhere else, right? Or and, I'm moving here because uh, this is 40 minutes away from my job, and I can afford a home here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Shane, you haven't said much. I'd just like to ask you, um, you know, tell us about the process that you've been um, involved in so heavily. Just give us a real quick, broad brush stroke here of how much work has gone into this process. Well, uh, let me just first say, these two guys have worked so hard. I cannot, well, I knew they were hard workers and it was great to get to know them a little bit more, but they they work full-time jobs. They got little kids. Um, they have lives, and sometimes it's amazing. Like, I'll get, like, texts at 11, 12 o'clock midnight saying, hey, Shane, what about this? What about that? What do you think about this? I'm like, wow, these guys don't even sleep. They're right. like Energizer Bunny. So <laughs> it's really been great <laughs> to work with them. Um, but uh, so things are starting to move. We're moving and shaking. Things are, like UPS driver hates us right now. Yes, he does. Because he's here constantly, <laughs> boxes and boxes. So unloading those things. We're getting trailers in next week. Um it's been a process. Uh, Michael, the producer, has been huge trying to help us get all the right equipment ordered for to make sure it's here on time and stuff. But mm. uh, things are moving. And I'm just grateful to be part of this thing, and I can't wait, just like you. I just can't wait to get in there and, and visit. And uh, I know God's moving, and it's going to be life-changing. So tell us where they're meeting. They're meeting, okay, we already established guys and people in Woonsocket, the surrounding areas, Hamlet Middle School building. Mm-hmm. Right, in Woonsocket, then Stacy Middle School. In Milford. In Milford. So there's the locations. Both of them will have a ser- one service on Sunday, 10 a- 10.30 a.m. 10.30 a.m. 10.30. One of the things that we have to make sure people are clear on, these are campuses of Watershirt North Attleboro. The video of the message will be broadcast. Everything else will be live. Worship, children's ministry areas. And I'm really excited about this, that the, the amount of work and the amount of equipment that you guys have gotten in for children's areas like these don't think that you're coming to a school building once you enter the building it's going to be it's going to really look well put together sure is yeah lots of things for your kids to do and then not babysitting uh woonsocket milford we don't babysit kids we teach your children about jesus about how valuable they are to him and about their life with god what can what can it look like so that when they get to their 16, 17-year-old selves, they know they have a purpose, they're loved by their father, and they're not just random genetic mutations <laughs> descended from <laughs> amoebas. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited, so happy to have you guys join us for this special interview. I hope you guys 
out there, podcast land and Facebook live land enjoyed this. Uh, I would ask that you pray for them. And uh, just real quick, guys, give me one, two things that, you know, what can you ask people pray for specifically? Those of those are the people we want to speak to now. I'll go first. Wait, um, wait, don't make it so good I can't follow you. Yeah, you want to go first, Jim? <laughs> Actually, I was going to answer so you could just be like, ditto. Well, yeah. I would like Thanks. to say that, yes, he was very strong about the gospel thing, but you with the community thing, I think is an incredible thing to see right now. Different churches, they're going to have a different personality. They're going to be slightly, you know, different models of Waters Church, but they're going to have their own flavor. Right. And that's yeah. good. And I think, yeah, just listening to you guys, I get the feeling that you're right for Milford. You're right for Winsock. Mm. <laughs> so and go. if people want to have fun, I'm going to send them to Winsock. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the no yeah. fun zone up there. You're, you're more serious? Go to Milford. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you brought a Bible. Go to yeah. Milford. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not smiling. Go to Milford. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead, Steve. I, you sure? Yeah. Maybe. Um, okay, I would say one of the biggest things is to pray for my marriage. Mm. Um, not because my marriage is failing, but because it's not. And that's why the enemy sees it as a huge threat. Absolutely. And I also know that it's one of the greatest things that a healthy marriage is one of the greatest things that you can bring to a church plant, yeah. a launch. I think we heard that at Exponential a right. bit, at least yeah. one of the, the trainings I went to. Yeah. And that just kind of sunk into my heart. So just pray for our marriage, for unity there, because we're one flesh. Um, we are pastoring that campus. Obviously, there's a lot of responsibilities that I have individually as campus pastor, but we as, a, as one flesh spiritually are campusing, are pastoring that campus, and we need mm. um, prayer for unity and, and protection from the enemy uh, on a daily basis. Amen. So yeah. I would say that. And... Pray for our launch team. I would say pray for them and thank God for them for the fact that we didn't choose our launch teams uh, hastily. Mm -hmm. That prayer went into it yeah. and uh, consideration went into it for things like, I don't want just any old random person running Waters Kids. I want someone who is really going to teach them about Jesus and yeah. be sold out for that. So awesome. they, our, our launch team has been so both of them, I believe, have been awesome with their just their sold outness to the cause and just being amazing helpers, amazing people, despite the busyness of 21st century American life, mm. stepping up to the challenge and saying yes when we came to them and were like, do you want to do this crazy thing with us? Right. And so continue to pray for them, lift them up, lift their families, because we have had, I'm telling you, we have had spiritual attacks over the past six months. Of course, yeah. yeah. Of of illnesses at the wrong times, of lost jobs, of mm. um, financial issues that like someone's life would, was going fine for 20 something, 30 something years. And they say yes to planting a church for the cause of Christ. And now all of a sudden yeah. they're experiencing some suffering and that's because spiritual warfare is real. Absolutely. Um, so just, so that was a long answer. Lift them up in prayer and lift me and my wife up in prayer, please. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, ditto again. Right. Nice. Thanks, Nailed appreciate it. it. You're right. You're right. You're I'll right. just get a sticker that says everything Steve says. Um, you can live stream me at one second. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, the two things in addition to that that I would say, you know, our, our marriage is obviously critical, everything you said. The launch team, obviously critical in everything that he said. 
um, but our kids too. Um, I mean, all of our kids, you know, the all six, 38 of them, are well, 38. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, there's 23 kids from six months old to uh, 16, 17 years old on the launch Coming team. Coming with you? Yeah, on the launch team. Dear Lord. Uh, for the families. But, um, I mean, my, my personal children, the four children that we have, uh, the two and a half, almost three full children uh, that you have, um, for the same reasons. I mean, they're going through things that, that they're going to go through, and, you know, the devil's going to go after them. And if they're not learning, if they don't uh, grow with Jesus, I mean, they're going to be... Uh, the first thing, just like this culture is, you know, everything's about the kids, everything, you know, if the kids aren't happy, you know, then nobody's happy. Um, and that's not my goal is to make the kids happy, but I want them to learn yeah. about Jesus and keep on growing. Uh, and then uh, kind of going on with, with us in our uh, marriages and, and the launch team is to, to help us. We don't ever want to lose sight about why we are doing this, mm-hmm. and it's so easy, especially in a in a mobile campus. But there's so many things to do, so many nuts and bolts to put together, so many things to open up and close, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. That we get lost in all of those things, all of those tasks that seem they they are important because church has to happen, but they're not. They they in no way, shape, or form surpass the importance of why we are doing this. Mm-hmm. And why we are doing this is to spread the gospel and to share the good news of what Jesus has done in our lives. And and to watch God radically move in a city and in this in this region and this nation, mm. um, and so I pray for me and and I want all of you people to pray for us um, that we don't get lost in all the nuts and bolts that we need to keep the forefront of our minds why we are here the gospel and what Jesus has done and then second like we just learned about in this series we are here for those that are not yet here That's right. and that doesn't change because we're in a different city. That's good. I Thank think you, you beat Steve this time. Boom. Point. <laughs> Shackleton. No. <laughs> At least one. Come on. Bases were loaded. There on we that. go. That's Come right. <laughs> they unplugged my mic. I was trying to talk. <laughs> well, I uh, thank you for joining us on the Deep End special broadcast interview here with Jim Shackleton from our future soon to be Milford campus. And I'm sorry, no, Jim Shackleton, Woonsocket campus, yeah. and Steve Fiella from our soon to be Milford campus it is exciting times at waters church you are part of a life-giving rapidly growing amazing community of faith and if you're not coming you should start coming we look forward to seeing you god bless you see you next time this was the deep end thanks for joining us for this week's deep end podcast We pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us this weekend at Waters Church. We are located at 57 John Deach Square in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And you can join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Make sure to stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.